first off, I like to create a safe space. I really love talking with people, whether I'm taking pictures of them or not. So I love talking and I love kind of getting people comfortable, finding common ground, you know. When I work with new models, it's like, it's like, hey, like, where are you from? Like, how long you been in LA or wherever, you know, um, what's your favorite song? Like, let's put on a song that like gets you pumped. Like, let's, you know, let's, mm -hmm. let's make you feel comfortable. And I feel like that's so important. It's like, Hey guys, welcome back to the Booked on Stingency podcast. Thanks for tuning in again this week. And I uh, just want to take a quick second to say thank you for your continued listenership. I know things are quite wild out in the world and uncertain at this moment, but I hope that this podcast can bring some consistency, some normalcy to your life. And I hope that as you're listening, you can pick up a few tips and tricks from each of these episodes that you can plan for and use in the future. Um, I think it's really important to kind of stay calm and keep working towards our goals during this time because things will get better. Things will get back to normal and you'll be better prepared for them when they do. And with that said, this week's guest is fashion and commercial photographer, Nate Hoffman. He's been in the talent industry for the past 10 years, both working as a freelance photographer and a represented photographer with his with an agent. Um, not quite sure how to say that, but we talk a lot about it and we learn the differences, the pros and cons to both. We also talk about the importance of creating a safe space on set for both his crew and for the talent um, and using music to help create a great vibe surrounding that. Um, it's interesting to hear him talk about the different types of music that certain people are into. It's always interesting to know, um, you know, you can look at somebody and then, and, and never guess like what style of music that they're into. It's really interesting. So we talk about that. We talk about backflips. We talk about, um, advice he has for up and coming photographers and those just interested in getting started in photography. You'd be amazed at the very small amount of equipment needed to get started um so tune in for all of that there's so much more in this podcast and again we thank you for listening and i hope you enjoy this episode of booked on stingency well nate thanks so much for being on the podcast today with us uh booked on stingency um you and i have known each other for uh few years now like four or five years and it's i'm been just at least four yeah three kids yeah maybe five who knows <laughs> yeah, time flies sure. but um yeah. uh yeah dude i'm just really excited to have you on the podcast because you are an awesome photographer and you work in the industry so now i get a chance to like learn about what you do and um so let's let's jump into it man let's do hey, an man. intro uh tell us who you are and what you do all right, let's see. Uh, Nate Hoffman, um, I'm a photographer. I'm a freelance photographer. Um, God, man, I kind of shoot everything, mostly people. Um, I've kind of been, yeah, I, I make my living taking pictures of people doing stuff, man. I mean, uh, for clients, um, it, 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 it's a range. I do a little bit of fashion. I do a lot of kind of commercial advertising stuff, um, do some documentary stuff. Um, but, man, I kind of like to, like to change it up. That's really cool. Uh, and are you located in LA? Like, where do you live? So I'm, I'm in LA. Um, I technically split my time between LA and San Diego. Um, I have a kid. Um, and so we spend a lot of time in San Diego, but, um, 
my business is in LA and I'm, I'm in LA pretty much all the time. I'm, if I'm not on a plane somewhere, I'm, I'm shooting in LA, which is, you know, a couple times a week at least usually. Okay. And so, and you're originally from San Diego, right? I am. So I'm born, yeah, born and raised in San Diego. I actually moved around a lot as a kid, but born and raised in San Diego, spent a lot of my childhood in San Diego. So, so yeah, we just, uh, we've, it's been, I, I, when I was 18, you know, I like, like maybe a lot of angsty teenagers. I said, I'm never going to come back. I like, um, I like the, I like the surf and I like the, I like the tacos, but that's it. I'm out of here. Screw this place. And it's like, I don't know, you know, you have a kid and, and things change and, and I'm back. Um, so yeah, we spend a lot of time here, man. It's so good for kids, but yeah. you know, on, on the other foot, as you know, like LA is so good for kids too, man. There's so many good museums and things to do and just stuff to get into too so we try to kind of we try to mix it up a little bit yeah sure and uh congratulations on your son by the way he's mega cute and adorable and um (laughs) um yeah so now i always like to ask people this question uh do you remember your first job ever like even outside of like what was your first job growing up that's tough so my first I, I do. Um, I, how about this? I can tell you the first job where I was like really nervous and like felt like, like it was like, it felt really real. Cause I mean, so I, let's see, I worked for my school paper as a photographer. So that, you know, we wouldn't really call it, you could call it a job, wasn't getting paid. But, um, and then after I was in photo school, I was in photo school and, you know, you get little kind of random odds and ends jobs, like nothing super crazy. But when I was in LA, um, full-time I started you know assisting and meeting people and one of the first jobs that I remember being like like this is serious was I got a call from a friend of a friend who had heard my name and needed pictures of Brandy so the recording artist Brandy so she was doing a tv show yeah yeah Yeah, (laughs) man so Brandy and her little brother were doing a um Ray J right Ray J, that's exactly who we all know yeah, now. Ray, Ray, dude, so so back in the day, this is probably like ten years ago. Um, um, so, ten, so back in that time, um, they're they're just starting this reality show with Brandy and Ray J, and um, they needed someone to shoot the 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 media for that, the content for that, the stills that would kind of launch the show. Mm-hmm. And um, I got called in to do kind of a mixture of like unit stills, so I would kind of shoot while they were filming. And then also do like a legit uh, lit setup shot with the whole family. And oh, wow. um, so wrangle Brandy, Ray J, mom, dad. Uh, I don't, I know there's mother family in there, like brothers and sisters, but to shoot the whole family. Um, and yeah, man, it was, uh, I remember sweating. I remember being <laughs> super nervous um, because, you know, I had, I, at that point, especially I felt super comfortable with, with lighting and with kind of like taking my own pictures and stuff. But, you know, when you've got executives from the network and stuff kind of right there and I just right. kind of got, they, yeah, it was, it was a big deal. And I remember, I remember sweating a lot. I remember shaking. I remember picking up the camera and having the camera shake in my hand oh, and just man. being like, because I had to, I had to, you know, light the whole scene. Mm-hmm. And I think I might've had one assistant it was super low budget. So I probably had like one assistant. That was kind of helping a little bit. Yeah, and that's um, rough because usually on those kind of sets, you you have a bigger yeah, crew. Yeah, you got 
yeah, now it's like, I, I would say, give me at least two or three guys and, you know, but so I was kind of running around like, like loading gear and then setting stuff up. And then it was like, it was like, Randy, like, I, I don't, I'd like to say, I don't get starstruck too often. I'm that being said, I'm not like, I'm not, I don't watch a lot of TV. I don't, I'm not, I'm not super, I, I wasn't necessarily intimidated, but in this, this, this situation, I was, I was scared shitless, man. It was like, man, it's Brandy and the whole family and the executives and, yeah, and Brandy for this. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. And Brandy's huge too in her own right. For so sure. then you add on like the rest of her family. Yeah. For sure. So then it was like, I remember getting to this point in that job where it's like lights are set up, did a little test, like ready to go. Let's bring the family in. So the family gets in and it's like, everyone's like eyes on you. And it's like, all right, like now you gotta like, now you gotta do the, the non-technical stuff now now is like the time where you have to step up and be the boss and arrange everybody and tell everyone what to do and stuff and i just remember like dude shaking man yeah but is yeah, that we is that tough yeah. to like direct people i mean obviously this was your first like yeah real I photography mean, shoot but like even now is it is it a challenge it can, to it can be direct people yeah i mean i mean here's the thing with with celebs and and people that have big personalities like you know brandy and and ray j and company it's like there's always going to be like a lot of a lot of cooks in the kitchen a lot of noise a lot of talking a lot of chatter and that's just kind of in general but but now you know i've i've done you know i've done quite a few shoots kind of like that in the past 10 years so it's like it's it's i'm definitely not i don't i don't get (laughs) i don't get the same kind of nerves and jitters anymore but it's still kind of like hurting cats you know and that's like the best case scenario it's like you're you're trying to make sure everyone is arranged properly everyone and when you you know even like listen you shoot pictures of your kids soccer team and and you know there's going to be at least half of them that are blinking or freaking looking (laughs) off camera or something like that so it's like imagine yeah yeah for sure so so it's like imagine that but with like you know high profile celebrities and like in a, in a short time period that's the other thing it's a lot of in, in that situation and in most situations right. like that everyone's time is money so it's like you better get the shot in in five minutes or you're you're not going to get it so. that's super interesting yeah let's um i imagine yeah the time crunch that you you guys have uh on set is um pretty tight and um Absolutely. yeah what, what's that like when you're working under that kind of pressure like is that always the case on every sh- set i imagine because you're paying for like a day rate right for the talent and for you and your crew and yeah yeah i mean i mean listen they're they're (laughs) in the we'll we'll say the 10 years that i've been you know taking pictures either semi-professionally or professionally the the time limits and the number of shots so the time limit the time limit goes down per shot has has definitely gone down and the number of shots has gone up that's that's definite you know it's like there's only a couple of uh there's only a couple of photographers out there that I think that really get to command, you know, the time and the and the money and the the short shot list to really kind of dial stuff in. And a lot of times, um, you know, whether it's celebrity, celebrity, it's like 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 we just talked about, celebrity is always up pretty quick. Yeah, they're kind of pros. They've or, been doing it, huh? They know how to stand. So totally. I, I want to talk about that a little bit more too. Like, what's it like? Uh, so we, we kind of touch on like celebrities a little bit they're kind of used yeah. to it being in front of the camera they they know totally. somewhat of where to stand and what to do but when yeah. you're working with like a newer talent and you're on yeah. set what kind of like expertise do you bring to them to like kind of direct them when you're shooting yeah 
So, I mean, I think if you look at my work and kind of my vibe in general, is I like to keep things pretty authentic and pretty natural. And I like stuff kind of upbeat mm-hmm. and happy just because um, I feel like that, I don't know, that seems like the truest kind of way to document someone is when people are like smiling and happy and kind of upbeat. Right. That for me, a lot of times that breaks down walls. And so when I work with new talent, kind of my my first order of business is, is creating a safe space. You know what I mean? Because I feel like, there's so much, there's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot out there that's a lot of shoots and a lot of shooters out there that that's not their vibe. Right, um, right. Um, it's all about kind of like very posed and very, um, very precise and stuff. I'm kind of more, first, first off, I like to create a safe space. I really love talking with people, whether I'm taking pictures of them or not. So I love talking and I love kind of getting people comfortable, finding common ground. You know, when I work with new models, it's like, it's like, hey, like, where are you from? Like, how long you been in LA or wherever? You know, um, what's your favorite song? Like, let's put on a song that like gets you pumped. Like, let's, you know, let's mm-hmm. let's make you feel comfortable. And I feel like that's so important. It's like, in in my world, nobody really benefits from scared, bored, awkward model. Just in just you know, that's no one no one's coming out, <laughs> you know, in a good place when that happens. So like, my first order of business is like. Yeah, I always have a boombox. Yeah, yeah, for sure. My, I, I always, I, I always tell people, I'm like, like my, the most important piece of equipment I have in my camera case is my, my little boombox because I always, I always try to get good music going. Um, you know, sometimes it's like I'll set the mood. Other times I'm like, if the model's like super new or I right. need a little extra something, I'm like, what do you want to listen to? Like Taylor Swift, let's do it, man. Like what, what are, what are you into? Jameer Quiet, virtual insanity. Dude, dude <laughs> that's, that is always a go-to. That is always. I feel like you can't be sad or awkward or shy like when that song comes on. Absolutely. Am I right? I agree. Damn. I agree. Yeah. 100%, classic. 100%. Forever. That's a, that's a classic. That's like freaking. That's like the that's the wild card, like yeah. When 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 the model is like unsure of what to pick, you just blast that. Yep, got yep. it. So sure. so you so you first come into the situation, you make the safe, uh, the sorry, the space safe, and sure. um, and create a really good vibe and environment for everyone that's on set. What do you do next? Yep. So like you're you're setting up the shot. Um, do you do you have to direct? Do you, do you tell the the talent like where to stand and like how to look, how to pose, or do you just let them kind of do their thing? So. It depends on what we're going for, but a lot okay. of times, like I said, whether I'm shooting fashion or commercials or whatever, I it usually is pretty natural. So I kind of a- approach it more like a director, okay. where um where we we kind of give them motivation because I'm I'm less about pose. Like my my biggest thing, and I feel like I say this to models and and people when I take the picture all the time is listen. If this feels uncomfortable, it probably is gonna look uncomfortable. So let's let's <laughs> that's true. Let's back up. Let's unpack all of the things that you think make a good picture and let's just get you feeling comfortable. So usually, yeah, I'll give them motivation. A lot of times with new models, and this is something like whatever, trade secret or maybe something that models you, that yeah, models give me the juice. take back with them. So, so I always give people something to do. You know what I mean? It's like, like you will never find a more awkward person, model or otherwise, that has to sit or stand against like a plain background and like just like look pretty you know what i mean it's right. like there's like what well, how do you do that like especially if there's like what do you do so i like to give people stuff to do whether it's like sit down or like give them something to do with their hands or like mm-hmm. if there's someone else in the room like talk to that person or talk to me you know what i mean it depends right. on what the shot dictates but it's like so much of that helps sure um, just i can just imagine to get people comfortable yeah because sure. you just gotta get those jitters out what's what's the um funniest thing or wildest thing you've seen someone do to get warmed up and like psyched in their mind 
for the oh, shoot. Oh man, I've seen I've seen people like do push-ups, do backflips, do oh, freaking. Oh yeah, man. There's there's been people that like that get super pumped up and do backflips and stuff. Whatever. It's like I don't know. Everyone's got their own their own thing. We've also had some like freaking wild music. I've I have been on sets where we've had like really petite, cute, you know, pretty girl models. And I'm like, all right, like, you look a little nervous. Like, what do you want to listen to? And they'll be like, I know this sounds weird, but we got to put some Slayer on. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> that's Slayer, awesome. Whatever it takes, whatever it takes, like, let's do it. Um, I bet that's yeah, really cool, too, yeah. to see, like, what kind of music they pick. Because I feel like sure. music, you know, it's it's a universal language. Like, we all listen Absolutely. to music. And it tells you a lot about someone's personality. So that's really cool. Like, <laughs> to hear someone that you think is, like, so petite and small, like, listen to, like, heavy metal um that's pretty rad um let's back up a little bit how did you get into photography like was it something as a kid that you were introduced to did you gravitate towards it later in life how'd that passion come about so let's see so i came i come from a a family of kind of amateur photographers my um my grandparents mostly my my grandfather my grandma they went on photo safaris they were like like their living room was yeah they're their living room was literally like all these big frame prints that they took like Africa and Asia and stuff. So they were really, they were hardcore, like, like, like weekend warrior, like amateur photographers. They were both retired by the time I was born. So they were kind of like just traveling and doing that. Mm. And then it's like, I, we would go on family vacations. Um, we'd go to places that people don't usually go. I remember one year for spring break, it's like, we didn't go to Disneyland. We didn't go to Florida. Um, my collective family, like grandparents, aunts, and uncles decided we should go to China. Uh-huh. So we went to China for two weeks, which was insane. Like saw the great wall, saw all that stuff. And like, how that old was, were you? Sorry. I was probably in middle school. Yeah. Okay. I was in middle school at that point. So that was, that was pretty crazy. And it was like, um, yeah, like everyone just wanted that to trip at that age. Totally. Yeah. And it was like, when you like as a kid when you go and you see that it's like i just wanted to capture all of it and mm-hmm, it's like yeah i would always i didn't have a camera at that point but i was kind of borrowing people's cameras and we were supposed to film and stuff so i was i was like you know borrowing my, my dad's camera or something like that and just trying to like find cool shots and i don't know like being exposed to like travel and stuff like was was cool it was just like i don't know like that's that kind of opened that up was, your mind and made you want to like totally. retain that that trip totally. that experience right i imagine 100%. like yeah. like to this day if i'm if i have like a creative block or something um breaking out of kind of the norm like even if it's a, if it's as simple as like you know walking 10 minutes down the street to like a na- part of the neighborhood you've never been to and just kind of like walking around with the camera that that sometimes that little amount of travel can be enough just to inspire yeah. me to kind of you know pick up the camera and you know find cool stuff so it was like when you're a kid and you see like the great wall and like the terracotta warriors or like what all that stuff it's like you i don't know i just wanted to to document it you know that that's so cool yeah i can really see that and you're right like taking a walk around the block even in los angeles especially because it's so culturally diverse like you turn the totally. corner and you're in a different neighborhood you know basically and totally. um yeah there's so much to kind of like take your mind away from whatever's distracting you and kind of bring you that new inspiration i really get it so yeah. so then you're you go to the great wall of china you're in middle school what happens next like when 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 do you get your first camera so from there let's see so from there like i said when i when i got into high school um i i started so so funny enough kind of like a weird detour like in high school 
I started, I, I always loved reading. I loved reading. And I, so I thought, I also loved writing. So I thought there was a really long period in high school where I thought I was going to be a writer. And I was mm. like, man, how am I going to make, make money as a writer? And I was like, man, I'm going to, I'm going to do journalism. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to start like, I'm going to be in on like write for the paper. And then I was like, well, why don't I take pictures too? So I, I, I like that. But, you know, I didn't, it's funny because I grew up in a family where everyone took pictures, but that being said, there was never any kind of like, you, you took pictures for fun. Like we never, there was never any real thought that you could like make a living right. um, taking pictures unless you're working for like a newspaper. That was, that was funny because it was like, that was the only outlet that I saw where it like, where um, taking pictures and writing where you could like make a living and like support a family, whatever. Um, by doing those things like I didn't know about commercial photography I didn't know about any of that stuff I didn't even know you know so so I um, in high school I wrote and took pictures for a high school paper shooting all film um, and I borrowed my dad's like Canon EOS Elon 70 or something like that mm -hmm. it was 35 millimeter Canon film camera and um, so I shot that I would kind of I would take it into school with me on on days that I knew I had to shoot you know bring a couple rolls shoot them probably get them developed at like the Rite Aid or whatever down the street sure, yeah. and, you know, do scans and stuff. And that's when like Rite Aid and, and all of them were doing like awesome, like developing at that time. Totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And it's like, and it's like, you did everything, you know, you bought all your film there. You, you, yeah, yeah. yeah I think they had like a full yeah, service, like, yeah. Camera and film department. Yeah, for sure. Not much anymore, but, <laughs> but yeah. But so I did that in high school. Um, I wrote, I still thought I was going to be a writer, but I was, pictures cool too it's really mm -hmm. fun and the other thing too it's like um not to sound old and curmudgeonly but it's like when you're taking pictures of film it's like it's a whole new kind of excitement you know what i mean there's not that instant gratification you're still kind of like especially as someone learning you're still kind of yeah. like like i think this is gonna look good like i had a couple little like point and shoot cameras before that and it was like it was so exciting i'm, I'm sure you know too yeah we're, we're the same age man it's like you you get that roll of film back and you're like oh man like totally screwed that one up or like this one this one's amazing or right you know, like but you see those yeah. photos and then you're like cool i know what to do next time right totally. so it's like it's like the film became like your learning canvas like your learning curve sure. right um sure. what 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 like major differences do you notice in like film and digital like do you use both i do use both to be Currently, completely honest yeah. like I love shooting film. I, I love it. I have a couple of film cameras um, and I, I try to use them as much as I can. I've shot my kid a ton. Got some old um, some Fuji Polaroid that's out of stock that I like save for special occasions and stuff. Like yeah. I love it, but I'm going to say that in my world of, you know, the clients I work for and the people I, that pay me to take pictures, it's like, it's really, really hard for me to introduce film the film to them because a lot of times they want to they want instant gratification which i get a lot of times the deadlines are super quick quick i i shot last week and i had to turn in 60 photos this morning for right. stuff that's probably going to go to print um next week which is insane it's like in wow, film that so happens fast. yeah it's so fast crazy and it's like it's not it's 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 completely normal for me to be expected to deliver you know photos that are like 80 percent good to go you know the like the day the same day you know what right. i mean like, I, like I, I bet too sorry to cut you off i bet like yeah. film if you were just shooting all film that would just up the rate too because you have to pay for all that film totally. and developing so 100%. digital you can just take unlimited photos totally and then and it's, and it's like to them. yeah 
and it's like there's there's less time like i was talked about before it's like there's less time and there's more content that needs to be captured you know so that's what that's what clients are telling us these days so it's like mm. it's hard I, I i wish i wish that i could um i wish that i could really make the film thing work and it's like listen some people and i i think that there are people out there that are really successful like that that is their workflow and it's like they they built their entire brand as someone who shoots film and i really i respect that because sure. you know you kind of have to you have to have a little bit of time to hold out and say like listen like i know that you want digital but that's just not my jam i have a couple friends that do that and i i respect that so much because it's an investment too it's like mm -hmm. like you said it's like you're buying film you're paying for processing the other thing it's like there's not a lot of labs that do it anymore. You have to find labs that are do it. Right. They, the, the prices for processing and scanning and stuff have gone up. You know, finding good printers is is harder to come by these days. Like, there's a couple of guys in LA that are that are really really good, but it's like you developing that relationship with the people that touch your film is like so important. You know what I mean? Like, I know guys that, um, I know the guys that live in Europe that will ship all their stuff to LA and they'll oh, have wow. printers in LA no just kidding. because it's that love. That level of trust, you know, with digital, with digital, you shoot it, you ship it wherever you want, or you know, everyone's kind of working remote anyways. But it's like that's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you take a, uh, you know, a set of photos on film, you only have one chance at developing that, right? Totally. Like, for totally. the most part, yeah. It's just kind of like mm -hmm. if the developer does a bad job, it's kind of makes you yep. look bad. Yeah. Funny 100%. enough, um, obviously, I, I just shoot for fun every once in a while, but yeah. I send all my film to a place in San Diego. No way. Um, What's it called? Darkroom, I believe. Darkroom? Yeah. Okay, rad. Generic name, I know. But um, but yeah. they've been around for a long time. Uh, but yeah, I don't. it's just kind of funny living in LA and then I ship my stuff to where you're at in San Diego. Totally. <laughs> funny story. I, I interned for, when, before I went to photo school, which is I, maybe we can get into. I don't know. But before I went yeah, to photo school, I interned for a guy in San Diego. And part of my job as like the intern was to drop off and pick up film in San Diego. And there's two labs in san diego that were like down the street from his studio there's a color lab and there's a black and white lab and it was like every morning it was like wake up make coffee drop off film pick up film pick up prints you know like that whole thing how like, many trips are we like, doing a day you think um it was usually like two maybe two sometimes okay. three when it was like like really like you know like last minute stuff or like really quick stuff but it was like yeah, man. Because it's like, yeah, it's like a lot of times the stuff like you're the other thing that a lot of people don't realize that maybe are new to film is like with commercial photography, like we're doing snip tests, like snip tests is where you're, you're checking the film, like you're checking one edge, like, like the, the oh. leading edge or the trailing edge of the film to like make sure it's, it's looking good. It's like, to make sure that you like how you want to process it pretty much. And it's like, it's not just like, it's not, especially for commercial people. The other thing is like, you're buying film in bulk, because when you're shooting commercial photography and like like color and saturation and everything that's so important it's like you're not just buying the film putting your camera shooting it a lot of times with those commercial photographers you're buying bricks of film so you're buying hundreds of right. rolls of film and a lot like the really super og guys are testing the film or they have an intern that's testing the film so you buy a pack of 100 200 whatever rolls of film you have an intern and the photographer who does like a standardized test to make sure they're like oh okay this film has two points of magenta on it whatever what? and then wow yeah I had no idea crazy so then from there it's like all right this brick like you're labeling that brick so every piece of film you put in your camera from there we're going to offset that or we're going to know that that so sometimes you're, wow. you're putting gels over the lens you're processing it differently that's like super 
techie dorky like commercial photographer it, stuff <laughs> yeah dude it's 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 dorky as hell but it's like that's that's the thing because man. it's going to affect the shot obviously so that's why they're doing 100%. the test right so if it has a little yep. bit of magenta in there you're going to get that that little different coloring yeah yeah 100%. wow that's crazy so since we're on the topic of gear um yeah. you know you're you're established now you you probably have like an arsenal of gear that you bring with you when yeah. what advice like for somebody that's just starting off would you give them do they need to like have a huge kit can they just go out with like their first camera it what what's what do you recommend for someone just starting off in photography so gear, gear wise I think, so gear wise yeah so i mean i i tell people this all the time man. and i i it's like i love i love helping people i love talking to about cameras obviously i dork out on that stuff but so so here's the thing we live in a time where the market is just saturated with like cameras that like work well and do amazing things so yeah. it's like the freaking iPhone. I the hmm. iPhone takes good pictures, man. It's like we we live in a time, and I, I tell all the time, like people are like, oh, how, what do, what do I need? Like, how much should I spend? I'm like, listen, we live in a time where <laughs> you could take a really epic picture on your iPhone. You do whatever or do nothing to it. You put it on social media. You you tag it right. You like right. have the the perfect storm to come together, and that that iPhone picture could make you millions. We live in a time where you don't need a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, what's funny is like, obviously like those iPhones, like when you look at them, they, they are around a thousand bucks. <laughs> so, well, there you go. But, 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 but everybody has a phone is the thing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. That's, but that being that's said, crazy. Like, yeah. My, my advice to people is like, listen, use your iPhone. I don't use, to, to be honest, I don't use my iPhone for pictures a lot. I have a, I have a little Sony camera that does wireless transfer mm -hmm. um, to my phone. And I just like being able to manually control everything. Um, I'm sure some people would disagree. And the, there's a there's a quote. Um, I'm gonna totally butcher it, but it's something that, along the lines of the best camera is the one that's closest to you. And I'm a firm believer in that. That it's like, gotcha. you're when you're in the the camera's just a tool, right? It's like it's like a freaking hammer and nails. You know what I mean? Like like a, a plumber has a wrench, um, a carpenter has a hammer. I have a, a camera. It doesn't doesn't matter. Like I I don't think it matters. It's how you I'm use sure. it, right? It doesn't matter saying. how you use it. it it's like it's like a camera, a fully manual camera will work, in my opinion. Any camera that you can shoot completely manual, control the shutter speed and aperture, and you know even the zoom independently, that's good enough. I don't care who makes it; it doesn't it doesn't matter. And it's all personal preference, but it's a tool. It's like it's a tool, you know. It's there's yeah. It comes down <laughs> to another... like how you're going to use it, right? Like if you exactly. if you can use any camera. But yep. like it's the user that's like making the shot, the angle, the like you said, yep. the aperture, like adjusting all the functions. Like that's what's going to make the picture good or bad, totally. right? Like the camera just totally. does its job; it takes a photo. For sure. And it, the thing, there's yeah. there's another weird quote or like a funny like cartoon strip that was like a couple goes uh, like there's a, a couple and their friends and the, the 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 wife comments on the man's pictures on something and it's like, man, these pictures are so beautiful. You must have a really expensive camera. And then the other couple, they go over to their house for dinner that night. And then after dinner, the guy says, man, the, the dinner you cooked, it was so good. You must have like a really good oven, you know? And it's like, mm -hmm. you think how silly that may sound to a lot of people. Like to me, it sounds pretty silly. It's like the same thing. It's like, it's, it's not the, it's not the camera. It's the person for sure. So the technique, the, but I, what, yeah. the technique exactly. But what I will say is that like the cameras that I own, I have selected because they do very specific things. And it's, it's not that 
it's and those specific things a lot of times aren't they're job specific you know what i mean it's like yeah. they're they're tailored to the type of work that i do so that that's what it comes into but someone starting out get a fully manual camera i mean it can be it can literally it can cost 100 bucks 200 bucks like that's the other thing is like we live in a time where you can buy cameras for you know 20 g's 100 g's whatever you can also go on craigslist and buy a, you know a fully manual camera that works well and takes fine pictures for 100 200 bucks yeah you know what totally. I mean? like i love that and that i think it's it, there there are i know people out there that are like very very concerned with the tech stuff and i don't know that's just do, not do you my... find like clients um do they kind of like scope out a photographer's gear like when you show up to set they're like oh dang he's shooting with that or they're like oh wow he's got a lot of stuff does it do you think it matters to the client at all sometimes it sometimes it does i would like to think no like listen the people that i work with continually continuously like the, the clients that i would like to consider like good clients and people that i know and you know cherish as you know maybe even friends or people that i that i know i would like to think that it doesn't matter and that we have an understanding that it kind of is is it is what it is but you know there's there's kind of an ego to it sometimes yeah, too you know yeah. what i mean like i like i said it's like i'm all about creating a comfortable space on set and it's like i try to kind of leave ego out of it so it's like I, I do have some like bigger cameras and stuff, but it's like, it's all about what's comfortable and what works. And it's like, I don't know. It's, I don't know. I would. Yeah. Um, it's just yeah. interesting. Cause I, I, I relate it to like when I was playing in bands as a, as a younger guy, like, you know, like you start off and you're like, you idolize like these musicians, like, dude, I gotta get the full, you know, full stack, the sure. full amp, yeah. the Marshall totally. amp. I gotta totally. get the best guitar. I gotta get all these pedals and you like, yep. Then as you grow and you get older, then it kind of comes back to like what you said, the technique. And then I'm like, yep. oh, dude, well, now I've learned how to play the guitar really well. I don't need all this stuff. This this For amp sure. is breaking my back every time I got to carry yep. it. And the yep. venue ends up miking it anyway. So all I need yep. is a two-speaker little rolling amp, you know, or whatever, yep. and, and yep. like a guitar um, to do my job. And yeah, yeah, I was just curious, like, because, um, you know, I, f I feel like that's like if you use all that gear – that's awesome and if that's yeah. like how you get your shot and your style that's great yep. but yep. i feel like sometimes like people feel they need to have all the best gear because it makes them look professional yeah. but really i guess what we're getting at here and we're coming to the conclusion is again it's just technique it's how you use it it's 100%. you're you're the operator the camera just takes the photo right yeah 100%. 100%. you know it's funny i was like uh speaking of iphones too i saw i haven't looked at it yet because um it's been busy but i saw that lady gaga has a new promotion where i don't know if it's a video or just like a whole new photo set but everything's shot on iphone crazy have you seen that i haven't but i'm gonna check it out for sure yeah i, dude, I, I don't doubt that it's amazing yeah it's <laughs> brand new I, I saw an ad for it on youtube so um yeah it could be video it could be photo um maybe it's both yeah. but yeah it's just like like you said like you can take the new iphone 11 um which I seriously need to upgrade from the iPhone six. Uh, <laughs> um, I think I've talked about Skip this twice couple. now in two podcasts. <laughs> Dude, my, my, my iPhone, iPhone six Apple, is not. Apple, are you listening? <laughs> yeah, hook it, hook me up. Let's do a sponsorship. Um, but yeah, you can you can take that phone and just do so much with it, and take like these amazing photos. And, and somebody like Lady Gaga is is creating new content off of an iPhone. You know, oh, yeah. I'm sure they have like a crew and like people, you know, doing it, but sure. but still, the the fact is that like she's getting killer images, you oh, know, yeah. off of this like everyday tool that we all use a phone. 
you know it's pretty yeah, wild for sure. yeah, um, so uh now in the second half i kind of want to jump into a little bit more um i know i know you've been repped by an agent who mm-hmm. who helps you get gigs and now you're you're independent and mm-hmm. you you find your jobs yourself or people come to you can you tell yep. me a little bit of the differences between um having an agent and being independent and maybe some pluses and minuses on both sides yeah 100 percent. so let's see i was repped for about two years um and i mean well yeah i have i've seen it from from both sides and i i still have relationships with a lot of butter reps and hollow reps and stuff we talk a lot and this issue comes up a ton because the 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 climate is changing so much like the yeah. the way that we book jobs the way that we get paid the amount of money that we're getting paid it all has changed it's, it's ever changing and it's it's um it changes a lot so when i had a rep um it was good because it's i really like having someone to bounce ideas off of and when you it was for me as a photographer it was nice having someone where you know we could talk on the phone or sit down with my images and say this works because x y and z this doesn't work because x y and z let's put this on the site let's take these Mm -hmm. five down that was that was good for me i like having a sounding board um the other positive thing about the agent is your agent can kind of be the bad guy you know you have a client that says i want to pay you you know a couple g's less than what you should be making you know the the as as a photographer it's hard um especially now as as someone who kind of reps themselves in a lot of ways yeah. um it's it's a it's a trickier kind of line to walk when you've got a potential client that is playing hardball and you have to play hardball back but you don't want to you don't want to step on toes you don't want to you don't want to make it personal you know you want the job you don't want to burn bridges um so a lot of times reps you know when i had a rep you can kind of it's their job to play hardball, but also, you know, once you're on set with that person or when you see that person, you can say like, Hey, you know, whatever. Sorry, sorry about the rep or not even, I, I usually, you know, I don't I'm not apologizing for the rep, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. like the rep understands. But you can still maintain like, that relationship with the client exactly. as like, um, you know, on a positive note. Yeah, exactly. But, and how do you, how do you like for those out there that are new to the game, uh, in yeah. photography, like, do you seek out a, a rep or do they come to you? Is it like, is it's it like with, both, with models man. and stuff where like agents are like, well, I discovered this beautiful model. I'm going to sign he or she. It's kind of both. Yeah. Okay. It's definitely kind of both. I mean, and it depends on the work you're doing. It depends on kind of your, your presence in the world. You know, it's like, I don't know. Um, when I got my first agent, I think I was, I was talking two or three different people. Um, and then I don't remember if the people that I ended up going with, I don't remember if they found me or if I found them. I don't, I don't remember, but, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of both. And yeah, for photographers, it's like, it's kind of like my, my advice to people is to not seek a rep out until you, until you cannot handle the work on, until you can't handle it on your own. Right. That's, that's my advice is, is. Some people, especially myself, you know, starting out, it's like my whole thing was like, you know, top top five goals was get a rep, get a rep, get a rep. And then I had a rep and then it was great. Um, but, you know, obviously I'm no longer with that person because it didn't work out. You know, I ended up kind of getting most of the work on my own. Um, so that was the thing. It's like as, as someone kind of starting out, it seemed kind of like end all be all. Like I think a lot of kind of newer photographers or people that are kind of getting in the industry think that their problems will all be solved once they have a rep. 
that they yeah. will be able to step back. The other problem with me, and I'm I don't I don't think this is with all people, but probably with me. I don't know if it's laziness. I don't know what you would call it. But once I got a rep, um, I kind of started taking a less active role in my marketing, which because I I think I was under the impression it was like you know you get a rep and and you sit back and you take pictures. You know they and call now they're going to do Yo. the job for you. Kind exactly. of, they're going to bring you all the stuff you need. Yeah. Which isn't necessarily the case. I mean, it's it it is and it isn't. But but for me, it was kind of a negative thing because I before getting a rep, I was very 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 involved with my my own marketing. I did a ton of outreach. I went on marketing trips and portfolio showings and was really really involved with that and went a lot. You know, like yeah. shook hands and showed my book and sent out emails and I was I was the only one that was doing it. You know, so then it, when I got a rep. I kind of had a false sense of security that that they were handling that. So, wow. you know, yeah, word to the wise, yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's, it's something that, like, I, I firmly believe in. You know, making your own mistakes and learning through those mistakes, and that's something that I would, you know, that I took a lot away. I think I think having a rep, no matter what field of entertainment you're in, is from what I understand, is kind of similar all across the board. Like, just because you get somebody that's going to be working with you and helping you doesn't mean you have to slow down and you exactly do you feel like it's almost like you still got to a maintain the same level or be like work even harder because now you're gonna if you work twice as hard then your agent can probably work twice as hard for you but if you're not yeah, putting sure. in the work then there's not much they can do either right totally i mean the, the agents like they're only as good as as what you're giving them right it's like mm -hmm. that i mean that that the other thing is like you know when you're uh, in a photo agency and you're in their you know roster of shooters it's like sometimes it's two people sometimes it's 42 people that are you know all competing for jobs so it's like it, i think that what you said makes a lot of sense it's like you you do have to work harder because it's like not only are you marketing for yourself to be seen but you also kind of have to be the squeaky wheel to your to your rep to, to right. show them that you you know need the love it's like it's like i i have nothing but but great things to say about reps, but it's like, listen, if you're on a roster with, you know, 20 people and there's only, there's only two agents that are there. then it's like, you know, they only have so much time in the day to devote to, you know, marketing and kind of working with you. But it's like, if you're as a photographer, if you're pushing your own stuff and then that's coming back to the reps and they're like, Oh yeah, man, like Nate is Nate's killing it right now. Let's, let's push him harder. Like let's, let's get more meetings. You know, it's like, that's, that's the thing. Yeah. I bet like they can use all of your, work and creativity as ammo to kind of like push it out and connect you with the people that they know so if you're if you're doing more they can do more for you and i think yeah. um you know when we interview other agents they kind of say the same thing about you know you're, you're actually the first photographer i've interviewed for uh the booked on stingency podcast but there's a lot of parallels where um agents for models and town talent like say the same thing they do 20 30 percent of the work and yep. the models are doing the rest um, totally. because they're only as good as their, their models, you know, it's a, it's a team 100%. effort. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And we live in a time where like, not just photographers, like all artists, models, right. talent in general, musicians, it's like, yeah, everybody musicians, you're, you're, you have the tools. Now all of us have the tools to be the best, you know, self promoters that we can be. So it's like, yeah, it's like, it's funny. Cause I think that the, the social media thing and, and plays a really big part in kind of that self-marketing. I tell I tell photographers, I tell models, I tell photo assistants. Like I have 
photo assistants that are kind of younger and starting out. And I love, I love meeting like new young hungry photo assistants that are like, just want to work. And I'm, they're like, well, how do I get more work? And I tell them, I'm like, listen, when I am looking for someone to do a job, when I'm looking for a photo assistant, a model, whatever, um, and I have the opportunity to choose someone to, you know, pay them money or whatever to like work with me for me, whatever. Um, it's usually comes, it comes down to that, that, the group of people that's first on your mind, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, and how do, and how do those, and how do those people like turn up on your radar? And I, I tell people, it's like a lot of times social media, that's what it is. It's like, like, I can honestly say that the, the difference between someone getting booked to go on like a travel job with me as an assistant or whatever, like it goes, the difference between not getting the phone call and getting the phone call. And this goes for everybody, models, photographers, whatever, is literally being on someone's mind. It was me being like, man who should I bring with me or like, who do I like? And then it's yeah. like, you just happen to casually, casually look at Instagram and be like, Oh, wait a minute. I haven't seen so-and-so in forever. Or like, Oh, this, this guy would be great. And it's like, that goes for same thing with models. Like people, like a client will be like, yo, we need a model that looks like X, Y, and Z. And I'll be like, all right, cool. Let me think about it. And I'll casually be on social media or whatever, or, and then say, wait a minute, I forgot about, so-and-so she's great like i haven't seen her in a while she would be perfect and the same i would be willing to bet that the same goes for me getting booked as a photographer that there are creative directors and, and art producers that are clients that are out there and are saying man we really need someone to shoot this campaign um who, sh who should we use and it's like and then they casually are scrolling instagram and they're like wait a minute Nate, Nate would be perfect. And like, I, I, I know that that is the case because I get DMs from like old school OG art producers. Oh, like wow. People that, they're like scrolling you know, and they see you and they're like, oh, yeah. let me reach out right here now. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So I think a, that's that, a thing. That's great advice. Yeah. So networking, uh, staying in people's mind. Um, yep. and, and something, one of our, um, our sales rep here at Singency, he, he's a model as well. And he was okay. mentioning the other day, you know, the way he got a lot of work back in the day was because he was friendly and he was courteous. Um, I think having a good attitude goes a long way. And like you said, um, that's going to stick in people's minds. Like they're going to remember the people that were a pleasure to work with too. Totally. Right. So it's like, that's, that's huge. Yeah. Be, be nice. Don't be a jerk. <laughs> um, totally. Do your job, you know, do well and um, stay stay fresh in people's minds, reach back out, say what's up, like totally. keep your social media up to date. Right. Yeah. Totally. All good points, That's, man. Yeah, so we got off a little bit, but so now let's talk about, um, yeah, being independent, like working, okay. at, um, repping yourself. What's, what's that yeah. like? What, what are the challenges? What are the best parts of it? I guess I could assume some of the best parts of that you get to dictate your own schedule and like your own direction, but oh. yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. So repping myself has been, it's been great, but yeah, it's, it's, it's more work in some ways because um, you know, I'm doing everything. I'm doing outreach and stuff. And I, I have a kid, you have a kid, you know, that your, your, your free time goes down, uh, your, your amount of like, you know, free time when you're not sleeping goes down a lot. So it's like, you have free time? time to do that. I mean, I don't even know if you'd call it free time, but like people are like, people are like, are you sure you working this week? And I'm like, listen, I work every day. I'm not, yeah. I may not be taking pictures today, or I may not be like, have a camera in my hand on set, but I promise you, I will be working in some capacity today. Dude, 100%. Like that's just how it works. Yes, yeah. So there's that. 
um, which, you know, isn't a bad thing. It's just, it's just a little bit more, but, um, the upside, uh, nobody takes a percentage of my work, which is more of my, my, my income, my paycheck, which is nice to keep it all for myself, yeah. buy more diapers and stuff for the kids. <laughs> that, <I guess. laughs> diapers and surf nice. equipment. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Those are the staples for sure. Um, so that's nice. Um, the other thing is that, listen, the playing hardball thing is like such a part of the job of being an agent. But a lot of times people don't realize that you're really only as good as like you can be the nicest person in the world and you can have an agent that plays hardball. But a lot of times people don't realize that it's like what's going on out of earshot or behind closed doors. It's like it's a reflection of you. So mm-hmm. I have lost jobs before because so so in in between like in the past whatever two years that I haven't had a rep, I've brought on um, agents kind of freelance to, to bid out jobs for me. Okay. Um, stuff stuff where I thought I needed someone to play hardball, which I did, but um, going into those, I was advised, you know, by other friends and people saying, "Listen, you you can do this yourself, and like weigh the pros and cons out. This person is going to play hardball. They're going to ask for what you deserve. You may not get the job, but you also won't get screwed over. So you have to know that. So that being said, it's like I've lost out on jobs because I've had clients that just like didn't have the budget or weren't they they didn't get a good vibe from the agent which i get and that comes down to personalities which is which is something that's hard to manage it's like again it's like as a photographer like if and when i ever get a rep again it's going to be a big part of my process is is kind of vetting the personality of the of the rep because playing hardball is important and like getting the best possible deal for your photographer is important but sometimes it's like there there have been cases, multiple cases actually, where I know that the agent has what's best um, in mind for me, but it's driven potential clients away. Where it's like it's like it got so exhausting, and so somebody took it personally, most likely the client, but the the rep didn't have the wasn't delicate enough, whatever, gotcha. um, and I lost and I lost the client. Whereas when I'm dealing with clients directly there's no guesswork i know even if i am playing hardball even if i am maybe doing the job for a little less than i know that i should be i'm still getting the work and i know that i know that i'm managing myself and i know that i'm i'm managing my brand and how people see me because you know i'm the face of that negotiation yeah totally 100 percent. and i feel like even though that's tough to like lose a client especially when you're working with somebody it's part of the game it comes with the territory and um yeah yeah i think you're right like um a rep no matter if they're being the bad guy or the good guy there's still a reflection of you and um you know that teamwork just really has to be there but um nate i we're coming down to the end of our interview here and i want to talk to you about so much stuff uh, maybe maybe i'll have to like call you back and we'll do like little segments on more stuff because i know you just got back from japan i want to hear all about yeah, that um yeah, yeah. but in these last few minutes, um, I want to do two more things. A, I want to hear about where people can find you. I want you to plug yourself, man. Like, where can we check oh, out man. your work? And w- is there anything cool coming up that you've worked on that we can check out? Let's see. So, wh- what's your website? The website is is if if you look up Nate Hoffman or N Hoffman Studio, anything in that world, all I should come up. So. No, so the website is is N Hoffman Studio, so www.nhoffmanstudio.com. 
Um, so N Hoffman Studio is kind of like catch all for sure for all my stuff. Um, so that's Instagram is N Hoffman Studio. Website is N Hoffman Studio. If you Google Nate Hoffman, I would like that I will be <laughs> the first show thing up. that pops up. Cool. Yeah. And what are you what are you working Robert on? What can we check out? Um, what oh, man. new exciting projects are coming out? So I've been shooting swim stuff lately, which is cool. Um, which yeah, is something that is like coming. I've kind of yeah, man. So I just went to uh, Palm Springs and shot. Um, some uh, so Rachel Zoe, a fashion designer in LA, just um, launched her swim line for the first time ever. And um, I've wanted to shoot swim stuff forever. And I'm going to tell you why. Not because, um, not because I get to take pictures of girls in swimsuits, but because <laughs> I really like the idea of working in sandals and uh and board charts that's all oh that's so like you can job. be in a swimsuit okay got exactly. it exactly <laughs> like like that's that's my dream job like i literally wish i could just be you know on on a beach or in a warm environment and like <laughs> in a swimsuit and yeah, sandals man. or barefoot all day so i just shot that i just turned that stuff in today um there's actually more of that on the horizon so the swimmer stuff is cool um what else um what was working... what was in japan are you able to talk about that or I can't talk about that. Okay, that is, no is it's hush hush. But um, I don't. And I again, that stuff is kind of being edited and worked on in the process. So when it drops, I might be able to kind of release some stuff on there. But cool. It, it, and we can stay up to date with you on Instagram. So speaking of social media, hundred percent. Cool. Yeah, hundred percent. And the, the Instagram is just N Hoffman Studio too. But yeah, N Hoffman um, Studio. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, man. But um, yeah, that's the uh, that's the uh, the new stuff. There's there's a whole bunch of cool projects that are kind of in the work. Yeah, man, it's, dude, it's that's awesome! I busy. can't can't wait to see it, and um, I'm sure our listeners can't wait to check you out and keep up to date with uh all of your works. Um, and before we go, I like to do a little rapid fire, like Let's so. I'm just going to ask you questions. You tell me the first answer that comes to your mind. Oh boy! Let's um, do it. All right, let's do beach or mountains. Beach for sure. Um, pizza or tacos? Ooh, tacos! Yeah, good man. Um, <laughs> uh, skateboarding or riding your bike? Depends on the bike, but <sighs> I will, we'll say bike now because, like, I feel <laughs> the skateboarding doesn't, it's a little, it wrecks me the way that it, it's getting older. It kind of, it's a little more painful than it used to be. So we'll say bike. Okay, bike. Good, good choice. Um, energy drink or coffee? Coffee all day, every day. Digital music or vinyl? Vinyl, 100%. Um, and let's see. I was going to ask flip-flops or shoes, but I think I know the answer. Flip-flops. Flip-flops, always. Or barefoot. Barefoot. Screw, screw all footwear, freaking barefoot. That's awesome, yeah. man. Well, that's all I have as far as rapid fire. That I kind, I kind of like awesome. to run those rapid fire in my brain as well. So. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> well, Nate, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Um, it's a pleasure to have you. I'm glad we were able to do this. I feel like, like I said, we could go on and on for hours on this, but you've given us so much Absolutely. good insight into you know, what you do as a photographer and all the things that encompass it and go with it. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for being here, man. And we'll talk man, soon. Thanks so much for having me. All right. We will talk soon for sure. Thanks, Cody. Well, that's it for this episode of Booked on Singency. Thank you so, so much for listening. And as always, you can find us online. Please give us an ad or a like. Uh, we can be found on Instagram at Singency.ig, on Facebook and Twitter at Singency, and of course, www.singency.com. 
Uh, we'd like to thank our guest, Nate Hoffman, again, for joining us on this episode. You can find him at www.nhoffmanstudio.com. And make sure you tune in next week because we have the wonderful Christopher Mars from 10 Management. He is a model of theirs. And he is also a very amazing photographer himself. And so we get to learn a lot about um, how he got involved in by accident into modeling and photography. It's a pretty interesting story. A lot of um, positivity in that episode. So join us again next week. And please share this episode with your friends and family. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Booked on Singency.